Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen. We are once again live down here in the Bear Cave Studios for another episode of The Frenzy. With me, your host, Freddy Aloso, with my co-host, Joey the Eagle. What's going on, Joe? Hey, man, long time no see. I can talk now. My jaw is fine. Oral surgery is done. I'm forward toothpaces left but you know what it was either take four now or 19 when i get older so i let them keep the four yeah man it's good to have you back full of uh you know not full faced kind of slimmed down a little bit listen i'm slim thick right now i lost uh, i think i've lost 13 pounds since i've been able to eat real food so i'm kind of struggling i'm tired of shakes and if i see another pudding pop i think i'm gonna go crazy but i'm hanging <laughs> in there man life's good <laughs> So we got a very special guest coming on tonight. We met him and his crew over at the PFL in the media section. Our friend Aldrich Warner, the host of Yeah, That's a Fact podcast and also the Fight Dialogue podcast. Welcome, man. Hey, thanks for having me today, guys. Um, pleasure. It's nice meeting you guys at PFO One. Um, great just networking with one another and then supporting one another. So it's great to be here. Um, love you guys' show and love what you're doing. So just glad to be here. Yeah, man. It's awesome to have you on, man. We just we keep it real funky here. We always we're always messing with each other. So feel free to join in. Let's let's jump right into it. UFC 238 was this weekend. We had Cowboy and Ferguson that ended in a TKO in the third round. We had uh, mm-hmm. Jessica I and Valentina Shevchenko where she kicked her into, you know, 1999, <laughs> I think it was. Well, <laughs> she's, she's still recovering from that kick, man. Like, the the look of shock in her eyes when that foot landed on the side of her face was like, damn, it's about to happen. And then she slowly just started deteriorating down to the mat. It was it was something, man. That was an insane head kick that she had been setting up for rounds before. She kept hitting her in that, that liver spot. And then that start, I think it was like the second or third, clocked her. When she came to, she was like, did I get knocked out? Was that was was that legit? Yes, yeah, yeah. She was out for a minute, man. I was like, oh my goodness! I never seen someone stiffen up on their on their feet like that, especially in a in a female fight. I mean, we seen Cyborg get knocked down. She just limped down, but standing and then you just drop them like, oh, she alive? <laughs> Listen, her feet oh, were like facing I, in. I was like, what is going on? Like I told you, man, I, it reminded me of the scene of Rush Hour where Chris Tucker gets kicked in the mouth. <laughs> he don't know who kicked him. He's like, man, wait a second. Which one did that? <laughs> she was ready to fight the ref, her coaches, everyone involved. Everybody, man. That was nuts. And then we had Henry Cejudo continue his, I would say, reign and become the next double champ in line now so he's at the top of his ferguson is in line i would think for the next um title shot after poirier and khabib in abu dhabi Mm -hmm. what did you guys think of cowboy i would like to hear my guest thoughts because on a side note the first PFL we were at, he was getting real technical with his analysis, which leads me to believe someone has some experience in that in that world, in that field. I'm just I'm just guessing. Oh man, you just gonna <laughs> throw me out there. Uh, he put well, you right on the spot. Right on the spot. I let people know you walking out. That's all I'm saying. Uh, well, I do train uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and Judo and Muay Thai uh, kickboxing. So, um, so you're just going to throw all of them out there and act like it's no big deal. I get hey, it. I get it. Hey, so, hey yeah. man, listen, you threw, me, you threw me out there, brother, so I got to uh, back it up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> keep going. Keep going. Uh, so my analysis, uh, you said on Cowboy, right? Yeah. Um, He came out looking good, Um, technical, you know, came off his vicious kickboxing from um his Muay Thai for uh, his last fight with Ally Kenta. I, you know, he devastated him. Uh, he looked good uh, against Ferguson, but um, 
this is one fight me and my co-host Tim was going back and forth about. We're like, um, I don't know who's going to win this fight because ever since Cowboy moved back down to 155, he's been looking sharp, crisp than he was at welterweight. And then you got Ferguson who's been on the tear. It was a close one for me, but um, Cowboy didn't look bad. But, uh, man, Ferguson let him up come that uh, second round, man, because uh, that boy, that boy nice. And boy, that boy does it. Yeah. And honestly, like the people say, I wish was this was a five round fight because his his last fight um, against Anthony Pettis was what amazing. And this one here should it be. Mom, why you passed me flowers already? Excuse me, mom. She passed me my flowers. Um, don't mind her. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I wish it could be a better fight. I wish it could be a better fight. Um, but yeah, what you guys think about it? Listen, the only thing that I was really thinking, I mean, I guess throughout the fight and once he lost the fight, I give him credit for taking fights on such short, I want to say short notice because he knew they were coming, but you don't see too many people like he's willing to, Cowboy's willing to fight, man. He'll fight you and then he'll fight the next person the same night. And so, and so I love, I just love his candidness and the way he talks and, you know, I I I was actually pulling for him in the fight, especially since, you know, they always do a good job of showing you the backstory of how now he has a kid and he wants to win the belt, which never meant anything to him. So I was pulling for him, but but you just have to, you know, tip your hat to when the, when the better man wins, it is what it is, you know, and you just got to take it from there. Um, I thought it was a good fight. I, he, he tried his best and just he the did. better man went out. Yeah, I thought it was crazy. I thought, you know, Cowboy committed the cardinal the cardinal sin in in fighting. When your nose gets broken, you can't blow it. You, <laughs> yeah, you, you can't. Can. And you know, I don't think even without that he was going to win that fight. He was getting dominated, and we all know Ferguson that the later the rounds go, the better he gets. So. I think it was a matter of time before Cowboy got got in that fight. And if Ferguson doesn't get the winner of Khabib and and Poirier, the UFC is doing him a disservice. I know the big money fight is Khabib and McGregor, but I don't think after the way... Do you really want to see that at this point in time? Like a couple years ago? No, no. About MMA? And he was he was he was about that action. Yeah, I sign up for that. But now I feel like, listen, the man's got his money. He's making his whiskey, which you know I'm I haven't tried it, but I've heard you know, it sells good. But I heard it's not really that good. But because it got a name to it, you know, it's selling big. He's making his money, and I don't really think he's 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 not really invested in the fight game like like the rest of these guys are who are who are looking for that payday. He's got his money, and yeah. kudos, kudos to him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm I'm not saying this in a malicious way, but he's on to, in his eyes, bigger and better things. And I think the only way you drag him into the ring is if you show him that type of money that he made when he was fighting Mayweather or you give him, you know, vested interest in the UFC, which is something he's been looking to get for a long time. Yeah. So I just don't know if you're going to be able to drag him into the ring. Yeah, yeah I man, I definitely... I definitely want to see Ferguson and Habib. This is a fight that we waiting to see. This is the only person that's really a threat to Habib, in my opinion, because yeah. yeah, Ferguson is just an animal on his back. Listen, the PFL and the UFC. I think anyone that's from where Habib is from is just a, a killer, a real killer. <laughs> like, <laughs> yo. Everybody has a name from, from where he's from that kind of sounds like his. And when they come out, you just know, all right, this guy's about that life. And, <laughs> bro, him and all his cousins, they all messed everybody up. They was just out there just tapping people out, knocking people out. I, I don't know. If it was Game of Thrones, his village would be on the Iron Throne. <laughs> it really would. It, like, there's nobody that messes with that side of the world. I just, I don't know. They train, they fight with bears growing up. I don't know. But they they Kudos to that, man. Yeah, man. It's true, man. And then this weekend on ESPN Plus, we have the return of the lineal. Boy. My boy, the lineal heavyweight champion, Tyson Fury, undefeated versus Schwartz, who is also undefeated. 
we we mm. all know what happened to Joshua. <laughs> under under two weeks ago. Yo, listen. I, I really hope we don't have another situation like that because I still want to see these big fights. I want to see Wilder and Fury again. I want to see, um, you know, Joshua versus one of these two. I still think Joey and I talked about it when the fight happened. I'd love to get your take on it, but I think Fury won that fight. I think Fury beat Wilder, and he should have won that instead of the draw. But um, I, I really hope Fury is taking this serious, and he doesn't go in there kind of just thinking, oh, I'm going to be all right, and get knocked out like Joshua. Well, I'll, I'll give you my take on the Fury and Wilder fight. Um, in that fight, I would say Fury was more the technical boxer for sure. Uh, he definitely gave Wilder a challenge. And Wilder, you know, he has those crazy knockout power and those overhands that he trains. And I watched the training video, and he trains to use those. But um, Fury did look like the more technical boxer in that. And um, in my opinion, I think Fury did win that fight. I'm sorry, it's Bronze Bomber. <laughs> I do like him, but Fury did look better. I'm still trying to figure out how he came back to life after that second knockdown, though, because I that was just like, whoa. <laughs> listen, listen. I think the best way to describe it is the meme I saw where he was the undertaker and he just rose yeah. up from the dead because that's, that's that's the only thing I can explain. Yep. That's the only way I can explain it. I, I so really true, don't. Man. When I saw that punch, I said, good night. I was doing one of these. I said, holy <laughs> sprinkled, and I hope he wakes up, you know, maybe in a month or two. My man bounced back in under 10 seconds. I could, yeah, there's nothing I could say about that. It was amazing. Even Wilder's face was like, oh, wait, he's he's getting up. Yo, you know, <laughs> you know, in those, Yo. you know, in the action movies, like, like when it's the final scene and, and, and the bad guy knocks out the good guy and you think it's over and the good guy yeah. does an epic get up and the bad guy looks over like, yo, no, he didn't. That was all I had. He <laughs> <laughs> really was. You disrespectful. You supposed to be sleeping right now, and you out here getting yeah. up after I hit you with the thunderclap. Yo, that is very true. And um, man, kudos to him for surviving that because we all saw happened to Wilder's next opponent. He went to sleep in the first round, like he was See, night night. Listen, me and Fred, and and like again, I, I love to hear your input on this. Me and Fred have come to an agreement. I think Wilder is an is amazing at what he does, right? He's an exciting fighter because he goes in there and that's what he's looking to do. He's looking to fight, and the man has he has dynamite for hands. If he chin checks you outside of Fury, of course, you are going to sleep. You're not going to know what happens. My fear mm -hmm. with a fighter like that is when he runs into a real technician like Fury has shown that he can be, that I wasn't sure if he could go the distance and keep keep that type of tenacity up. Keep because he gives it it all. His, his he gives it his all. He doesn't sit there and jab and set things up. He's throwing and when he throws, he's putting his all into it. So he, so even to see him go that many rounds without tiring out is just is just showing just how much preparation he puts into a fight. Because most fighters throw that many you know punches with ill intent and second third round they're gassed i mean look at anthony joshua he looks like an adonis right he's carved out of stone my man was gassed in the second round that just shows you no disrespect to him i know he's he's uh, had a had a great record but he clearly didn't come into that fight with the intentions of going the distance mm -hmm. he thought he was going there the guy was going to be intimidated you know shaped like the michelin man thought he was going to lay him out and guess what jokes on him now and I think boxing, I think the heavyweight division, not necessarily boxing because we still got, you know, fighters like uh, like Crawford and, and Errol Spence Jr. that are still going to be there to make those mega fights. But I think the heavyweight mm -hmm. division, they cannot have they cannot have Fury lose this fight. Yeah. Because the only yeah. the only real fight they have left is if Fury comes out and looks impressive and then they set up that Wilder Fury. As No disrespect to Anthony Joshua, but he lost already. Like, that... He, that ship has sailed. I know they was waiting to try and build up as much money as they can, but that's the risk you run in trying to wait too long to cash that check. Now, who's? be honest, are you really that interested to see Wilder and Joshua fight? You might still be, but nowhere near as before as when they was both undefeated. But now Wilder's messing around too, 
he's going he's going to go fight Ortiz, who almost knocked him out last time. Ortiz caught him. Ortiz so did catch him. He, he's he's in that messing around game too. All these guys are taking that extra fight before they go and fight each other, and we already mm-hmm. saw it bit it bit um, Joshua in the ass, and now could it cost Fury and Wilder in their respective upcoming fights too? Honestly, my opinion on all these fights, you guys are absolutely correct, but you have to blame the promotions because these guys have been waiting to fight each other for the longest. You have a three-headed monster in the heavyweight division. You have, like you said, Fury, Joshua, and Wilder. Make a fight. Fury and Wilder had a fight. Cool. You should have made the rematch right away. You won't wait until next year, next year, to put these two guys against each other. They, they're pretty much almost close to the end of their primes, okay? They have but so much fight left in them. And you haven't been doing these last second fights. The reason why Wilder said flat out that he even did this fight because the promotion, he's not getting promoted. You know, Showtime is not doing much. Um, well, the promotions. You has these promotions have to go under the ESPN Plus, by the way. Yeah, I think the ESPN right. Plus pay-per-view deal is a ripoff. That's my whole other take on that. But um, I may or may not know a guy that knows a guy that Cody streams it, so... <laughs> <laughs> that ain't nothing but a thing, baby. <laughs> hey man, I ain't mad at I ain't mad at you, brother. But um, <laughs> honestly, the, this could jeopardize all three of these guys. You see, like you said, we saw Ruiz; he knocked out Joshua, and I was shocked when I saw that. Um, while uh, Fury's fighting tomorrow, and you know he has to take this serious because he thinks it's there. Okay, it's just a, a pretty much a, a easy fight for me. He gonna get his uh, he excuse me he gonna get his behind knocked out. Don't no, ever excuse yourself again. It's fine. Yeah, you're good. Keep going. I, if you feel yourself, you feel yourself. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but he, yeah, he, he, he gets suffered the same fate as Joshua. And then Wilder, like you said, is fighting Ortiz again, who did catch him. He can mess around getting knocked out too. And then you got the three-headed monster all going down at once. What does that say for the promotion of boxing, especially of a popular division that hasn't been popular in God knows long and how many decades? Bro, I haven't since, been excited to watch a heavyweight fight in eons. Since what? Lennox Lewis, maybe? Was the last time people got excited to watch a heavyweight fight? You hear all the big fights, it's all in the lower divisions. Whether it's, you know, Triple G fighting, Lomachenko fighting, Canelo Alvarez fighting, like we said, Aerospence, uh, Crawford. All these fighters, none of them are at that heavyweight division. We haven't had a good heavyweight division in years. And I thought... We were starting to at least, you know, come to a conclusion where we could have some mega fights, and obviously that got turned mm-hmm. on. It. Yeah. And then coming up, we have 26 days, but we have PFL 4 from Atlantic City, July 11th, Thursday night, because, you know, we fight on Thursday nights with PFL. We have... <laughs> Our boy that we met at PFL One, probably one of the coolest fighters that I've ever met. We got Chris Curtis and Magomed, the defending champ in the division. Chris Curtis coming from the prelims straight to the main event. Then we have oh, we have Kayla Harrison and Morgan Fire. Sarah Kaufman versus uh, Roberta Samad, Ray Cooper and Josh Howard, Andre Falau and Zane Kamaka, and Sai versus Francia. We just we got killers on this card, boys. Seeing a lot of the we same do. fighters that that we did see at PFL One, they're getting their second fight of the season. Man, there's going to be some exciting fights on this card. What do you guys think? Oh man, for me, um, I had the pleasure. I was telling, um, I was telling Freddie earlier, uh, Joe. I had the pleasure of interviewing Zane Kamaka yesterday. He's fighting Andre Fialo. Um, he was just telling me in the interview that uh, he didn't demonstrate his his talent against you know Ray because he got dominated on the ground. He also changed camps. He's at um, Extreme Couture in Vegas, so he moves training camp to Vegas. Uh, obviously, Ray Sefo trains there. Francis Ganyu trains there. So he's just working, working to take down defense a lot against Andre. So he knows what he has to do to get to um, 
in the playoffs, and he's on. He's twenty pounds out from the actual fight weight, so it's possible he won't miss weight again. I did ask him about Hopefully. that. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Let yeah. me ask you something. Did he, how did he look at you when you asked him that? Some people might take that personally. Some people might, you know, take it in good spirit. He was cool with it. He was actually cool with it. He was laughing about it. It was a, a very funny interview. Like he, he he's actually chill down to earth guy and everything. He he's cool about it. Oh uh, yeah. I was telling Freddie this too, just on a side note. A lot of these fighters, like we were interviewing a few of them after the PFL one, and I was telling Freddie, these guys are coming from an environment where like that switch had to be on for 15 minutes of them fighting, right? So I feel like interviewing them right after that, yes, if you're asking about fights, uh, fight questions that actually just happened, that's one thing. But a lot of them, I feel like they really couldn't turn that switch off until you know they get a t- get time to decompress. Like, you could see mm-hmm. them, um, a lot of them, like, they still had that look in their eyes. Like even when you asked them a question, I know they didn't mean to come off aggressive, but some of them were were, uh, yeah. were, were sounding like, you know, they were still in that fight now mode. So it was cool mm-hmm. to have a couple, of, a couple of them outside of that realm so you could get them to kind of be in their relaxed state. Yeah, I, honestly, um, the fight that catches my eye on this card is uh, telling Freddie was um, Sadabu versus... Uh, uh, Glacio Franca because these guys, you know, we saw their striking display last time. Well, not much Sadabu because he ended that like in what 17 seconds. Yeah. So that was quick. <laughs> you know, he, he went out, he grabbed his towel, wiped his head, and said, All right, I'm ready for the interviews. They even said the medical check isn't going to be long. If y'all want to interview him, y'all can go right now. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was crazy. But yeah, these fights are going to be awesome. We have uh, Kayla. She's. You know, she's got the machine behind her. She's got PFL, very reminiscent to Ronda Rousey, the way UFC pushed her when she was first coming up. So, you know, the one thing I I wanted to get your thoughts, because Joe and I talked about it the night we were at the fights at PFL 1. What did you think of Mm -hmm. them continuously showing Sarah in the back, watching the fight? Like, I just thought it was weird. I'm like... I get one time you showing her in the back, very reminiscent to, you know, WWE when you got the wrestlers in the back checking out the fight. But then to continuously show her basically like every round and her like, oh, all right, Uh, you know, doing doing like different motions. For me, it was taken away from what Kayla was doing. And I was like, you could have done that a different way. Maybe, you know, at the beginning of the fight or, you know, between rounds, you ask her, okay, what are you seeing from Kayla here? Something along those lines instead of, you know, that awkward, you know, oh, I'm going to get her yeah. or whatever. It was just, for me, it was weird. Oh, uh, yeah, it definitely was weird for sure. Um, Obviously, Sarah Kaufman is a high decorated name in the MMA world. She's been in UFC. She's been in Victor. Uh, obviously, this is the this is the match where they want in the finals. They want her and her. Kayla. Yeah. And honestly, I agree with you. Like showing her repeatedly this and that, uh, it it was like okay, it was unnecessary. <laughs> we know this is match what you guys want, but it's also taken away from the other girls in there because in that one fifty five division, there are some killers. Let's not forget yeah. Roberta Samad, great jujitsu uh practitioner. She saw we saw her demonstration on display. Um, don't forget, um, was it, it was, uh, what's her name? Gina. And I think it was Bobo. Yeah. Yeah. Striking. Yeah. They went, they went at it. We were, I think we were in the back talking to Roberta and, and Chris. And I came back out, Joe stayed in there and these girls were throwing haymakers at each other. I was like, I'm, I got, I had to cop my seat real quick. Because I was like, I'm missing something crazy. I didn't. I didn't, I also didn't know that they had some of the best uh, oatmeal cookies at the time. Because I would have oh. taken. I would have taken oh, my man. ass over over to cookies? catering and got me one of them or uh, then my oatmeal cookies. Now listen, I didn't have any oatmeal raisin cookies, but I heard they were banging, man. Uh, oh, man. I kept hearing about it. The cookies was amazing. Um, I did get a little taste of the chocolate chip ones though. They were, but the oatmeal raisins, I, I did. <laughs> Man, so no second time around, we kind of knew our way, you know, where we were gonna get set up. 
And I said, Fred, I'm because I'm a fat boy at heart. I was like, Fred, I'm going to go see what kind of food they got. And I grabbed the cookie. Now, mind you, I knew these cookies had been sitting out for a while. So I was like, all right, they're probably going to be hard. But when I went like this and it was still mushy, you know, in the middle, I was like, oh, man, these actually might be pretty good. Yeah, I had a bite. I looked at Fred. I said, Fred, do me a favor. <laughs> Walk your ass over there. Get yourself a cookie. And don't bite. Listen, don't you take a bite until you sit down because you need to enjoy this. You need to take this all in. Yeah. Oh, my man, he, first of all, he inhaled it. Like, oh, man. I don't Dude. even know how much chewing was involved. And then I'm before a, we I'm went out, I, I looked back and life. there goes Fred. You know, he was trying to take the platter with him and then realized people was looking. So he only grabbed one or two and took them to the seats. But that the food was good, man. The food was real good. Yeah, food definitely was good that second time around. Oh, man, I devoured those wraps, those sandwiches. The wraps I was were money feasting. Now, PFL3, the food did lackluster a bit, though. I'm not going to lie to you. The only thing good was the quesadillas, and it had some bootleg jerk chicken. <laughs> yeah, that's funny, man. Listen, and then we got to see what Atlantic City comes to the table with. Because not only are you going to get great breakdowns of the fight, but we're going to turn it into a triple D and actually get a breakdown of the food. So where else can you get that? There you go. That's it. This is true. This is true. <laughs> that's it. So now, MLB. We'll we'll segue from the from the fight game. We have we had the news of David Ortiz during the week, where Man. he he got shot in an assassination attempt down in DR. I I looked at it with skeptical hippo eyes when I first saw it. <laughs> I ain't never heard hippo eyes. Fred, yeah. that's new. Well, the, hippos, <laughs> the hippos got the big eyes, man. Dude. They got the big eyes. You're like, hmm. You must be on your animal planet, Fred, because I can't tell you I've ever stared in the eyes of no hippo. <laughs> but continue, my man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I digress. So, you know, they said, oh, it was a robbery attempt, right? He's in critical condition, but it looks like he's going to pull through and he's going to be all right. And then in less than 24 hours, you got the news that Boston sent down the private plane and brought him up mm-hmm. back to Boston with a police escort from the um, from the airport to the hospital. There I was like, okay, why are they taking him out of DR that quickly if there's not something fishy going on? And then within a couple hours after that, you get the report that he was messing around with the mafioso's girl. And he bought her a Lexus, and then they put out a hit on him. And then everything starts coming to light, and you're like, oh, okay. So they took him out of DR, out of the hospital, because they knew something like this was going down. They didn't want him to get got again in the hospital. So it was just yeah, a man. pure shit show of what happened to David Ortiz. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, actually, what was I? It was uh, it happened Sunday, right? Um, I was at the movies with my, uh, my my cousin PJ. You guys met at PFL. We were watching a new Godzilla movie, so I looked down, get notification. I see Bleach Report said Dave Ortiz was shot. I was like, okay, Bleach Report tends to make mistakes at times. <laughs> and I saw the ESPN notification. I was like, oh damn. He was like, what? I said they shot Big Poppy. He was like, what? Great. He's a Yankees fan, but he but he does respect uh, Big Poppy. I was like, yeah, man, Big Poppy got shot. I said this is crazy. I said they really shot Big Poppy in DR of all places. I'm like, if if he was gonna get shot, I would have thought anywhere else. DR, I was like, oh, some something's up here. Yeah, something's up. Listen, all I, my man. <laughs> so like, I'm not gonna judge anybody's lifestyle, right? You married, uh-huh. staying on the side. That's neither here nor there. Not my business. <laughs> but you gonna give this girl a gift, right? You gonna give your side chick a gift? <laughs> Maybe you give her a ring. Earrings, something she can hide. You gave her a Lexus, not even like a car. You gave her the SUV. Yes. If the pictures are true, right? A SUV. Where the hell is she supposed to hide a Lexus SUV? In DR. Where's she gonna and hide? And then, it? on top of that, like, come on, bro. You, 
you pick the one that's messing with the with the like the the drug lord cartel, whatever the hell you want to call him. You picked his girl out of all the girls in DR. He yeah, man, that's crazy. Anyone on the island, and he chose to mess with her. So I never want to see somebody get shot, but under the circumstances, he might have been asking for it. We all know he don't slide. So he wasn't sliding into them DMs. He just went straight for <laughs> He was trying to crush a home run, Fred. That's and you know what? what? Sometimes he, he was shooting big, man. It was big poppy. What do you want, man? Sometimes you gotta exactly. take you gotta take a pitch and realize it wasn't your ball. Yeah. It wasn't your ball to swing you gotta, at. You, you let somebody let else swing at that ball. Yep. You find one more in your wheelhouse and then you swing. That's it. <laughs> That's true, but man. I I'm glad he's gonna, you know. I'm glad he's going to come out of this healthy from all accounts, but I hope this is a lesson to him. Yes. And, and, and another thing that I told Fred, the guy who took, you know, took the hit or, again, if this is all true, who knows, but mm-hmm. I, if you have a gun and you aiming to kill somebody and you have their back and you got six rounds in it, you let one off and then that's it? <laughs> How bad were you really trying that's to kill, kill somebody if you shot them, well, like like one time? Like if you really trying to just end it, you would think. And he's around a whole bunch of people. You're gonna let off more than one round, and and, and make sure the deal is done. So I I think it was like a like a like a, right, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. He shot. He's like shit. I did it. And then that, <laughs> he, that's the beat for me. <laughs> that he but got the ass whooping of his life. I don't think he was the person to pick up, you know, pick up he that wasn't. one. I think that was his thing. He might have been, he might have been better as the getaway driver than the actual yeah. shooters. Is is all I, I feel. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie, Joe. When you were doing that whole entire uh, skit just now, I saw nothing but Kevin Hart, and I was trying so hard not to die laughing <laughs> out my chair. <laughs> but I'm serious, man. Like. I'm I'm glad he wasn't the the type that's in Scarface, the one shot to the head. But I just oh, don't yeah. understand. There's so many weird things about that story, man. That that's true, man. I can just say I'm happy he's gonna make it. I feel the person I really feel bad for is his wife, cause she, you know she she's forgotten and all of this. But I don't know what what she does on the side. But if she's loyal to him, I mean, she's like, damn. Gotta kind of you know be nice to him because he got shot, but he is cheating on me. And he sent her a Lexus. I hope she got something nicer than the Lexus. Yeah, I hope she got some diamonds or something. And then we got the return soon of Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge. They're both tonight playing at AAA uh, Scranton. I did get a notification before that um, Stanton sent one into the seats and hit a building in the outfield. So it looks like it looks like he's on his way back. So it'll be good Bro, for the Yankees to start coming back to full strength. His face says it all though, right? Like only in a minor league game will you hear something like that because of the field constructions and like where they're randomly put. No, he hit a home run and then he hit a building across the street. <laughs> That's what I'm That's saying. And because it happened at Yankee Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, and I've actually uh, been at the stadium before because um, I live in Pennsylvania, and um, that seems like an hour away from me. And I've been there, and it's a very small stadium, so I'm like, well, I'll be damned. Um, right across the street, uh, well, somebody going to wake up tomorrow and be like, oh, where did that come from? Yo, they, they gave me a retractable roof in my office. How nice is that? <laughs> that was like when we went to Yankee Stadium, we saw, I don't know if you remember from last year, when Aaron Judge hit that uh, that monitor, or the, the TV, in yeah. dead center oh. field in one of the restaurants. They still have that TV there. They turn it on every game, and all you see is, like, the giant spot in it from where Judge hit it. They That happened wow. about two years ago, maybe, now? And they haven't yeah, changed they it out. It- I'm like, damn, these these boys got power, work, and they're just putting it on display. If I worked there, I honestly would be selling that TV because I know that's worth a lot of money right now on eBay and just saying. I hear you, and, and I understand where you're coming from, but, like, 
you might have had to bring some pretty big sweats because I don't know where you fit in that in your pockets <laughs> while you're walking with security there. <laughs> if you got a good plan, I'm here for it. You can tell me it. We could try and get this happening. We could try but, to figure it out. <laughs> we might need some some good posters and throwers because that TV is mounted pretty damn high and it's it's like in the middle of where every everyone congregates. So if you come up yeah. with an idea and we can make a come up, I'm all for it. I got you. <laughs> oh man, I got you. And then just a quick hit on NHL. We don't really we don't really cover it much, but the St. Louis Blues did wind up coming back and well they were leading the series three to two they went to a game seven and they took the stanley cup finals first time in their history so that was pretty dope because they did beat boston so all of us new yorkers are pretty pretty pumped about that and then last night nba finals it's over the warriors lost the dynasty, the three-peat is no more. I know we're going to get into this. We'll break it down. But I honestly think with a healthy Durant and a healthy Thompson, that series doesn't go more than five games, and the Warriors would have won that. Which, Fred, sounds good. But let's take it back. When the Warriors beat the Cleveland Cavaliers and Kyrie Irving had a busted kneecap and Kevin Love uh-huh. injured. <laughs> so if you're going to put an asterisk for no, Toronto, I, I'm, just I'm with you, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. Also, we can say when when they won it, was it two All years ago? Aside. And Kyrie got hurt because of Zaza. They were they were losing that se- that was game one of that series and they were losing that game because Kyrie uh, Kawhi was lining them up. Listen, part of the the reason why a seven game series has any type of allure because let's be honest, if we really wanted to see the best NBA playoffs, it would be a one game elimination similar to what March Madness does. But because of money, that won't happen. Right. So we have the seven mm-hmm. game series. One of the only real reasons the seven game series can get interesting and it's not a, a good thing, is if injuries do occur. That's exactly what happened. Yep. I think Toronto should be a very good lesson to a lot of GMs out there that say, oh, no, well, you know, Golden State is really good, so we should kind of time our peak with their decline, and maybe we can kind of catch them while they're slipping. Toronto's a perfect reason why you do not punt on a season. Before the year started, everyone called him crazy for trading DeMar DeRozan, the heart of Toronto, who is still a phenomenal player, but he's not Kawhi Leonard. They said, why are you going to go get Kawhi Leonard? He's going to leave you after a year. Well, you know what? To a franchise that hasn't won a championship at all, that's a big deal. Yeah. Even making it to the finals. you yeah. saw, I've, I've never seen Toronto get that hyped over basketball in my life, and they were just happy to be in the finals. Now Kawhi Leonard goes and wins them a championship, Albeit, you know, they had Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, Marcus Saul, a lot of players stepping up in the series. But to me, that it, it's awesome to watch, and I hope it, other GMC listen, man. Just because Golden State is the best team on paper, there's so many factors that play into an 82-game-plus playoff series season that do your best, put the best team you can out there, and let the chips fall where they may. And that's exactly what happened, man. And, and Kawhi, Kawhi, I, I vote for, I know he's the claw, but I want to call him LK, the legend killer, because that's clearly what he is. You bring him a legendary team, and he will say, three-peat, not today, brother. LeBron, Dwayne Wade, <laughs> not today. Golden State, be gone with your shooters, bro. I'm the claw, and I'm here to stay, and I rock new balances while doing it. New balances. I never played in new balances, but he does it. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, honestly... This was an interesting finals. Granted, nobody had Toronto winning or even going to the finals. Me, I thought Milwaukee was going to go. And Kawhi shut everything down. How did I know the Toronto Raptors were going to win? One, top defensive team. Two, you know a team's going to win when they win twice in Oracle Arena. And we all know how hard it is to win Oracle. But you go on the road and not steal but one game, but two games. Yep. And not only that, yeah, we had the injury of Durant. And might I say, 
and including a couple of my friends. When he got hurt in that Houston series, I knew it was an Achilles injury. When I heard calf, I said, yeah, yeah they lying about that. Because um, exactly calf injuries yeah. do not last a month and a half. I told Fred, I'm not a doctor, but I know where my calf is on my body, at least. I know, uh, you know, Kevin Durant's limbs are longer than mine. But if my calf hurts, I'm going to put ice on my calf. They were putting all the ice on where the Achilles tendon meets the cap. They, the, the ice bag was there. I'm not saying they they knew that that injury was going to was gonna come to fruition, but I just, I told Fred when it happened, I said, man, listen, I don't think it's a calf if he's out for that long. I, I just went. It's true, man. And, um, yeah, and, uh, and just watching how they were defensive. Granted, Golden State did step up. They did. Um, but I'd like to give a shout-out to Freddie Van Fleet. I've never seen Steph Curry on clamps ever a day in my life that bad. Listen, Fred Van Fleet, I used to watch him when he was at Wichita State. And, dude, he's, he's just fearless. He gets up in there, and he's like, all right, I'm not going to let you beat me. You know, a lot of a lot of players are are scared to get you know crossed over all this. Fred Van Vliet was in his jersey, and I think what Toronto did was awesome off the picks. A lot of teams they either a try to switch it, that's not going to work on a player like Curry because the big man's going to back off, give him too much room to shoot. They were they were trapping him hard off the picks, and they said, "Great, you know what? You want to use these picks? That's fine. We're going to force somebody else to beat us." Iguodala had a good game last night, but if you're telling me you're relying on Jarepko, Cook, and Iguodala to win you a finals, and Draymond Green, who's a good all-around player, but I don't think he's, I mean, we can all agree he is not a knockdown shooter, I think you, you live with that. And I told Fred from the first game I saw when Golden State came out and they decided they weren't going to let Kawhi beat them, I said, you can't do that to a team as well-rounded as Toronto. Because you can double Kawhi. You know what? He's going to make the right basketball play. And whether it was Fred Van Vliet mm-hmm. last night, Siakam stepping up, Ibaka was huge on the boards. And then Marcus Gasol had a couple timely baskets too. I just think that when Kevin Durant went down and you lost the best play, it's just when they lost Kevin Durant, everything turned into Toronto's favor. They had the best player in the series, which was Kawhi Leonard, minus Kevin Durant. Mm-hmm. Um, they had the best defensive team, as you noted. Defense travels in basketball, football, doesn't matter sport. If you can lock up, you can lock up. And then I feel like they had a, obviously a much deeper team. When they went into when they went into that boxing one, when Klay Thompson went out, I even texted Fred. I said, it's over. They, they got no shot. Because as good as Curry is, you, t- you play a boxing one, and he has to make the right basketball play and give it up. And he didn't have the weapons around him anymore, you know, to be able to – to put a dent into what Toronto was bringing to the table. Yeah, man. And um, when I saw Clay go down, I knew it was bad because I saw he landed and I saw his knee went the opposite way. I told my mom right away, I said, he tore his ACL. You know it's real when you tell moms. Like when she knows it's real. Yeah, yeah, because I'm looking at him like, and he just said he jumping around, said, Clay tore his ACL. And once they, she came back right away and said, Clay Thompson's done for the game. And then he was walking out on the crutch. I said, yeah, he, he's, he's, he's not playing beginning next season probably at all. And not free throws, though. He came like, back. He tried- I give it to him. And he went, <laughs> like, he, did. he went running down the court like he was ready to keep playing. But what I, want, what I want you to notice, okay, when you watch Curry shoot a free throw, he doesn't use his legs, right? He mm-hmm. just sits there, lines it up, bang. Thompson in his routine, he bends twice, full like squat, and then puts the ball up. Bro, to do that with a torn ACL is ridiculous. I only partially tore my MCL playing, and I I barely could could limp to to the sideline. He mm-hmm. tore his whole ACL and shot two free throws. I can't even like fathom how much pain he must have been going through to be able to just go, nah, I only need two minutes coach and I'm good. And you know what? If there wasn't any any front office or doctors in the way, his ass would have stayed yep. in the game. Exactly. And what's crazy is he was having another one of his clay game sixes to where I think he stays in that game. He was going off for at least 50. He had 30. He, he had 30 in 32 minutes and he was lighting it up. 
he would have at least gone for 50, oh, and we would have been seeing I, a game seven on Saturday night. I know Steph Definitely. Curry won two MVPs. I know Kevin Durant has been finals MVP twice. Draymond Green is Mr. Do-It-All. I can't express to you how good Klay Thompson is. He is on any other team outside of maybe two or three players in the league. He's their best player. Mm-hmm. He plays both mm-hmm. ends. And Curry is a better all-around shooter because he has he can shoot off the dribble a little bit better. But you're talking about if you're just talking about a pure spot-up in the corner shooter, I'm taking Klay Thompson over anybody. His shot is automatic. I his game is so good. Uh, Golden State is lucky to have him. They really are because if he's on any other team, man, he's averaging thirty a night, and and he's he I think he's all NBA. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, um, before before we move on to um, free agency, I just want to say one person who's more pissed off right now than the Golden State Warriors, that's DeMar DeRozan. He's sitting his ass in San Antonio, salty as hell, because he got traded the year where the perfect storm happened. Everybody in Golden State gets hurt. <laughs> he would have been in the East you know, Toronto was always good to make that run. No LeBron, Listen. no KD, no Clay. Fred, doesn't DeMar matter. Doesn't matter. Hell, man. Listen, DeMar, De- <laughs> I, I love him. I love him. He's a great player. I love watching him play. He is not Kawhi Leonard, bro. No, if you would I, have taken, I completely agree you, with you. So <laughs> my point being is if last night it was DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry versus Steph Curry and the Warriors, we might be going game seven. Yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm just saying, he's watching his boy get a get a chip, and he's sitting at home or sitting with Drake somewhere. He's salty, man. You think he's salty now? Wait till Kawhi Leonard gets a statue, bro. That's coming. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> you imagine? <laughs> Anytime he flies to Air Canada, he's going to see Kawhi Leonard like, like poem in a basketball. He's going to be like, mother. Oh. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And one noted fact I'd like everybody to point out, and this is the funny thing that's been trend there. I know you guys probably saw on social media. Jeremy Lin has ring before Melo and Chris Paul. Yep. Yo, I showed. <laughs> yep, we were I talking about that did you see? Did you see the meme with Carmelo Anthony and Jeremy Lin? And it was like this big, drawn-out sentence of, they said he wasn't good enough. They said he couldn't finish the deal, but he got a ring. <laughs> and then the bottom said, like, Jeremy Lin. I was like, dude, that's so funny. I totally forgot he was on the team. Now, I think the perfect uh, marketing campaign right now would be you got Toy Story 4 coming out, you got the little aliens, and you bring Kawhi in, the claw. (laughs) Bring him in with his hand, and they're like, ah, the claw, the claw. Boom. Perfect. Right there. But (laughs) speaking of free agency, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant, do you think, do you guys think these injuries will affect where these, you know, top five guys will land? We already got the news that Kyrie signed with Rock Nation and he's ready to sign with the Nets. We got Kevin Durant, who's hurt. We're not going to see him till, what, 2021, 2020, early 2020. Um, Clay Thompson, we're not going to see him till <clears throat> February or March at the earliest. That's, you know, on this list of 20 notable free agents for next year, those two are in the top five. You got Kawhi Leonard, who's coming off a championship. Is he going to leave? Does he stay? You know, Kyrie we spoke about. Kemba Walker's another one where he stays home. He gets a, a bigger bigger check. Does he go? What are you guys' thoughts? Well, for me, um, we all know that since KD went down, the market has changed. Uh, you know, he's going to miss all of next season, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Clay is definitely going to miss the majority of next season because this last-minute ACL injury. So, you know, everybody's expecting Kyrie and Kevin Durant going to New York and playing together. Now, it makes you wonder, is he still winning the sound of Brooklyn? 
or you can go to LA and go play with Braun for a reunion so they can make a run to the title and the possible chance of getting Anthony Davis via trade. That nonsense. And um, uh, as far as the Kawhi situation, uh, I don't know. This is a uh, does he? It would be nice for him to stay because he got Toronto a chip, but we all know he's wanting to go to L.A. And, of course, the Clippers do have openings for two max free agents. And, uh, man, this is going to be an interesting free agency for sure. But in my opinion, I think Kawhi is going to possibly go to L.A. and do his thing there. I feel as if he's done more in a year for Toronto than anybody's ever had, right? Vince Carter, great player, was there. Tracy McGrady, great player, was there. I mean, we could go down the list of great Toronto Raptors players that weren't able to finish the deal. I think for him, it's only right that he does whatever he wants to do in regards to being in L.A. if that's really where his heart is because what more can he do for Toronto? I gave you guys what you guys have been looking for for so long, like mission accomplished. So I I could see it, it sucks because with other players, you can kind of get a read, especially on players like Kyrie, who are always on social media, and you can see how he interacts with the reporters. But with Kawhi Leonard, you really can't get a feel, right? Like, he's Mr. Yeah, you can't. I don't say much outside of that, you know, interesting giggle laugh that he has. Um, other, other than that, he really don't give people much. Um, I think a lot of the dominoes are going to start to fall once these once this draft probably Wednesday and then Thursday when it does happen once the draft starts to get underway I think you'll see a lot of uh, the chips fall I think people are waiting to see what happens with Anthony Davis because I don't think there's a lot of players that are clamoring to play with LeBron James as of right now I just I just don't think they're you know that they, they want to go to LA more so because of the mess that they've been dealing with but now you're telling I think it would help LeBron's probably in the front office like get me Anthony Davis now. So that I can tell all these free agents, bro, you're not just coming here to play with me. Don't worry about the, you know, the disgruntled front office that we're dealing with. It's me, Anthony Davis, plus one. Who's the plus one? Yeah. Um, I think, I think it doesn't change with Golden State offering the max to Klay Thompson. They're still gonna offer the max to him. They're still gonna offer the max to KD. I, I think with the Knicks, man, I feel really bad for the Knicks fan base because, like, I showed Fred the meme earlier. You know, it went from having, we're going to get Zion, we're going to get Kyrie, and we're going to get KD. We ain't getting Zion. Doesn't sound like you're getting Kyrie. And I don't know if KD is really willing to come by himself because his whole thing is wanting to show people that he can win a championship outside of piggybacking off of other people. But at the same time, he's got to have some weapons coming in with him. So will we'll, mm-hmm. we'll the idea of playing with an R.J. Barrett slash Kemba Walker be enough to convince someone like KD, who, as you just said, is going to be out for the whole year anyway. So are other free agents going to be willing to sign up to play with it? Yes, it's KD, but now he's 32, coming off an Achilles. Is he really going to be the same player? I think he will be, but you're t- it's easy to make that decision when it's not your life, when it's not your money that you're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? So I, the only thing I'll give the NBA credit and kudos to is they're starting to make their free agency a lot more exciting players joining I I know a lot of people are like I don't like when players team up but you know what free agency now in the NBA is marked on everyone's calendar a couple years ago it wasn't like that players weren't moving from team to team everyone was staying where they were staying so I love it I'm all for it and I'm very interested to see where all these players land baseball they need to take a page out of NBA and NFL's free agency because we had was it the November meetings and Machado and Harper didn't sign until, what, two weeks before uh, training camp in April? Well, mm-hmm. listen. Right. Horrible. Horrible. Baseball got it all backwards. They just had two of the, you know, two prominent pitchers, pitchers that just signed, and we've been playing baseball for three months, four months, whatever it's been. So, <laughs> it's crazy, like, man. all right, honestly, like, could you imagine, I don't know, the NBA season starting, who, I mean, they weren't high, high level free agents, but all right, Kemba, right? Kemba's a really good player, Kemba, but 
Kemba's going to sign before the season starts. You're not going to see him wait two months into the season and say, yeah, fine, whatever, I'll sign with this team. I don't know how the MLB mm-hmm. does. That's true, man. And then now we got the start of our bread and butter. It's coming back. NFL is getting closer. People are starting to get their fantasy football drafts ready. Mini camps are starting. Everybody's getting pumped for the season. I know for me and Joe, football is 24-7, 365. We don't take no – there's no off season. So mini camps are starting. Mm-hmm. We've got an update from the Tariq Hill whole controversy, dilemma, you know, that whole thing. Apparently, the Kansas City Police has said that they are no longer looking into him. And the word around NFL circles is that he's going to be, he's expected to appear at camp um, sometime this summer. So depending on what happens with the commissioner's exemption list, we should see him back soon, which is good news for Chiefs fans, but also a black eye on the league because of, you know, the whole situation that's going on. Yeah. And then another news, we got the veterans in the Browns locker room taking exception to what Baker said about Duke Johnson wanting to be traded. Basically, Baker said he should just shut up and play, right? In uh, not so many words. But paraphrasing, yeah, he was basically you know, like, not, listen, not he has a job to do. Let's hope he does it. Yeah. The veterans took exception to that. Second-year quarterback, I see what he's trying to do. He's trying to lead by example and just say, just show up and play. But for me, I feel like you got to get a little more notoriety a little more respect from the vets before you start sounding off. Prove yourself a little bit more before you start yeah, acting all crazy. Is, I yeah, that is true. Listen, there's one thing I've never been in an NFL not, locker room before, but the one thing I have learned is you don't mess with people's pockets. You don't get involved. You don't get involved with when it's a player versus the GM or player versus team. You stay up out of that. And that's exactly where Baker kind of crossed the line. He wasn't saying that, you know, Duke Johnson never came out and said he, he's not going to show up. He's not going to play hard. He just said, listen, if you guys don't want me, then I want out. Trade me to somebody who does want me. Normally when that happens, everyone just, from a player's perspective, kind of says, all right, that's your beef with the Browns. When you're here, as long as you treat us, you know, with respect and love and treat us like teammates, then we're all good. Baker kind of broke that. And I just think it's a... It's a young quarterback making a, a minor mistake. I think the vets will talk to him. He'll understand, hopefully, as a young, good quarterback would, learn from it, and he won't do it again. I don't think it's going to be you know, anything that's made too, made too big. The Browns are poised to have a huge season with all the additions they made. So I think this is just, it's just water under the bridge, and it's just a, a young quarterback learning how to become an even better leader. I like Baker Mayfield, so it is what yeah, it man, is. All I got to say is on that situation, let's just all take a page from the Steelers last year with the whole Le'Veon Bell situation. I'm just going to leave it at that. Just leave it at that. <laughs> and another thing is the Browns are – Joey and I are huge Canes fans. Our Hurricanes, the U, we stay throwing it up. The Browns, the Browns are the U North. They got a lot of canes in that locker room. They do. Duke Johnson being one of them. That's a brotherhood you don't fuck with. We all know that from the Ed Reed, uh, Ray Lewis, you know, them boys, Mike Irvin. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a brotherhood you don't mess with in that locker room. You got to watch yourself, Baker. This ain't Oklahoma. It's the you. You want to call some 30 for 30s. Let you know what the deal is. You just gotta watch him. It's okay. He's young. Yeah. You just gotta he's watch. He's young. Him. He's fiery. I get where he's going. Yeah. And then to close it out on our NFL talk this week, we had an adjustment to the pass interference rule. Let me 
for those of you guys who don't know, give you a little refresher. We all know what happened in January in that Saints-Rams game under two minutes. That. So in March, the NFL owners responded to the controversy by allowing pass interference rules to be reviewed for the first time ever. The NFL applied to both offensive and defensive pass interference. A flag doesn't have to be thrown on a play for a pass interference review to be taken place. In May, the owners voted to make a slight change to the rule by allowing coaches to challenge interference plays in the final two minutes. Previously, the league officials handed, uh, handled all replays during the final two minutes. And now, the latest update to the rule, the NFL decides not to let coaches challenge plays in the final two minutes, although they still will be able to challenge uh, interference calls during other parts of the game. That's, that's, that's the update. I feel like the NFL is just spitting out words and they still don't know what they want to do with this rule. It's just, I feel it's a lot of fluff. It's a lot of run around, beating around the bush, and they still don't know what they're going to do. Listen, can we understand something, right? They're saying that they're going to call pass interference and that you can throw it both offensive and defensive. We all know that's a load of nonsense. The offensive player is going to get the nod 99.9% of the time. I'm a huge diehard Eagles fan. You know how many times I've seen Alshon Jeffries run a hook route, and when the defender's there, he shoves him off, catches the ball, and they call a defensive pass interference? The, the, NFL, the NFL is an offensive-driven league. They want points. They are not going to sit there and hammer offensive players you see it all the time, man. It's just it's just not going to happen. And the fact that you can you can throw this – first of all, coaches aren't dumb, right? You're going to get a coach like Bill Belichick who learns how to manipulate this system, poke holes in the system. He probably is going to hire an assistant coach that all his fucking job is to do is just sit there and figure out ways to get around this damn rule. It's going to happen. <laughs> They're opening Pandora's box. I hate it. Yes, what happened in the Saints game cannot happen again. But just because it happened once doesn't mean you have to open up Pandora's box. There has to be another way where this this I don't know if it's you give the power to to a lead official that's up in the booth. And if they see something outrageous, then they pull it. But you mean to tell me a coach is going to throw a flag and say, oh, there was pass interference. It doesn't even have to be where the ball was thrown. They could pick on the other side of the field where the guy wasn't even involved in the play and he was getting held by a defender. And now what? You're going to call a pass interference on, on something that had that had nothing to do with the play that, that was in question. I just, I hate the yeah. rule. I hate the rule. And you're going to see it in the preseason. Mark my words. They're going to call it in the preseason. Players are going to go crazy and they're going to go, oh, shoot, let's scrap it. We'll bring it to the table next year and they're going to throw it out the window. <laughs> it's pretty much just history repeating itself. Yeah. We like you speaking back what you said. We saw the travesty in that Saints game. We all said our uh, opinion about it. Some worse than others. I have a couple of friends that are Saints fans, and trust me, my timeline was flooded and highly livid. But to I agree with you. Like yeah, it sucks. Um, it's it's one of those rules that's up in the air because you don't know who's gonna fall on. But to give like you said, coaches the power to even have an authority to challenge it is just gonna make. Ten controversy ten times more worse because you may think it was a pass interference on your guy, and they go and replay is like, oh, it was on the opposite team. Like, okay, then you kind of shot yourself in the foot. Then it's like, and oh, well. Listen, man, football is a contact sport. There mm-hmm. is holding on every play. There is yep. pass interference on every play. There are plays, slow motion. That look like pass interference that which you, when you watch live, you never even think twice about. Where's, exactly. the, where's the line drawn? You think, think, you, you think coaches and players aren't going to try and say, okay, well, if we can, we can challenge pass interference, why can't we challenge holding? I think uh. what, what it should have been, the, the way they made the rule, it should have been on egregious, game-changing situations that's when the booth above can challenge the play. 
very similar to the way VAR is used in soccer on penalties. If the ref doesn't call it right away, the play continues, but then in his ear or you know someone from the booth, the fourth official, whatever it is, they chime into him, hey, come and check this play out, calls a timeout, goes and checks it. If it's a penalty, you know, it's a penalty. If not, then play continues. I think that's the way the NFL should have taken this because right now, like you guys were saying, it's going to open Pandora's box and it's just going to be a shit show. So they don't have the same refs for every game. They don't, don't, right? You have six one o'clock games, five one o'clock games going on at the same time. It's a call in which the referee, one referee and one crew might see it one way and one referee and one crew might see it another way. You cannot have instant replay like that on plays where where it's an opinionated view. It's just not. It's something to me that's not going to work. If if it works, more power to them, and I'll be happy about it. But I just don't. I don't see this having a happy ending. I really don't. I don't either. So it's crazy, man. That's our show for tonight. Aldrich. We thank you for coming on, man. Please let our fans know where they can find you, where they can listen to your shows. Oh, man. Plug, come on. <laughs> well, guys, you can find the Yeah, That's Effects. Yeah, That's Effects podcast on, on all platforms, uh, iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, and same thing for the Fight Dialogue. We also have an Instagram page as well, too. Facebook page so you guys could follow us on there. We will tag uh, yes. we'll, yep. we'll tag all the the shows and everything so you guys can see it in the post on the Instagram page. Um, we'll also try to tag it on the Facebook and um, uh, Twitter. Also, this episode will be up on YouTube so you guys can check them out live and in living color right here on the screen. So, we wish you nothing but the best. We thank you for taking your time and coming on with us. We hope to see you again, and we would love to have you back on the show anytime you want. The doors open. We're gonna need open. a live PFL four breakdown, and that's the man I'm going to. So I don't there know about go. y'all, but he's gonna be back here for that. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're gonna definitely hey, have man, you back on for definitely that. for sure. I I would love to be back. Like you know, there's thanks for having me on the show for the invite. Definitely. Um. And definitely like to have you guys on our show as well, too, one of these days. Awesome. But definitely I'll be back. And, of course, you know, come to the live PFO breakdown for sure. Then yeah. it's knowledge. <laughs> I will be seeing you. All right, man. All right, guys. We will see you soon. www.thesportsfrenzypodcast.com. Also, if you guys want the merch, we got the shirts going. Joe, we may have some, some new shirts in the works. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. In my schmedium. <laughs> In the schmedium. <laughs> um, but thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Peace.